All right. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host, as always. Um, today is August 2nd, uh, and we are going to be talking about student loans, obviously, uh, for people who have been following the show or uh, are familiar with it. Uh, we've done a lot of work on this topic. Uh, we've been talking about, you know, the different policy uh, decisions that have been made kind of, you know, over the last two years, uh, starting with Trump and then going to Biden is kind of like endless deferral on uh, paying them back. Um, it looks like Biden may be canceling some uh, debt, but it looks like it might come at some point um, this month. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly like like what all the details are about that. Uh, I but we'll we'll get into it a little bit uh, later in the program. Uh, but you know, I, I think for a lot of us, student debt is a pretty major part of our financial lives. It's something that we you know probably think about quite a bit. Uh, those of us that have it because of this kind of like looming uh, financial burden that's just kind of hanging over your head at all times. Uh, and so when uh, so my guest today, Ezra Small, and we'll have Ezra introduce himself and tell you guys uh, who he is before we get into it. But uh, just to give you guys a little bit of background, uh, you know, Ezra and I have known each other for a long time. And he sent me uh, a text message, I think, last week or two weeks ago. Uh, just telling me that, you know, he was just like, you know, crying tears of joy, just completely overjoyed because uh, he had finally, uh, th- like, he no longer had his student loans. And I, and I assumed that that meant that he had paid them off. But instead, uh, he had managed to do this through a program uh, that is the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Waiver. And uh, it's it's a pretty specific program. Uh, but uh, I, I think that, like, due to the pandemic, they did open it up a little bit. Ezra's going to explain all of this stuff uh, to you. So uh, with the caveat that he's obviously not a financial advisor and not a student loan expert, he's just, you know, somebody who's explaining uh, his, his experience. And with, with, the, with the additional caveat that this obviously isn't going to work for everybody, uh, but is certainly going to be helpful for some, uh, I'd like to welcome Ezra to the show. And uh, Ezra, if, if you could just kind of... Tell people a little bit like about who you are, like where you went to school, just like a little bit of background before we get into the specifics of the program. Sure. Hi, Owen. Thanks for having me on the show today. Um, so, yeah, my story, um, you know, it's a pretty typical type story where, you know, a small town kid went through high school, you know, was a pretty good student. Um, and... Um, wanted sort of a different kind of college experience um, and ended up um, at a out-of-state private school um, far away from home, <laughs> as far away as possible, uh, really, being in the United States uh, on the other side of the country on the West Coast. And, you know, having a great college experience for four years out of state, but also, you know, luckily it was a state school, but it, paying that out-of-state tuition uh, pretty much, you know, through loans the entire time. Um, and then graduated uh, four years later and ended up maybe two years after graduating from undergrad uh, going into grad school, um, this time in-state in my, in my home um, uh, residence uh, st- 
residential state of Massachusetts. And, but still, you know, paying for all of that graduate experience through loans as well. I, I wasn't, you know, a, a funded, you know, researcher or anything. So I was a professional concentration grad student that basically borrowed uh, all the way through that as well. And, you know, and I look back at it, I have zero regrets, obviously. Um, I have a great career. And, you know, I don't think I would have the career I have now without the level of education and expertise and experience that I gained through um, both levels of higher ed. Um, and, you know, it, it, it all worked out great for me. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, there's so many different factors that played into that. I won't go into all that, but, you know, I'm, uh, like I said, I have no regrets. and um, and, you know, I won't go into like my political thoughts on on student loans, because that, like you said, as you have been covering that on your show, that's a hot button issue right now, as you know, there's pressure on the administration to for forgive all of student loan debt. Um, you know, we could probably debate yeah. that for hours. And I don't think that's what this show is about today I well, think yeah like like yeah um, I, and and I'm not sure how much of a a, a debate it would really be but um I, I think that so so where do you work now I think that's kind of important to let people know because yes, that, that, that is, like leads sorry into this, yes right? yeah yes so I I'm sorry I sort of cut my story short there um so so yeah I ended up sort of with a dream job um I, I'm I'm a sustainability professional uh and I I ended up at UMass Amherst, University of Massachusetts Amherst, where I where I did my grad schooling, but I had taken some time and worked um, in in other parts of the country between my grad school and and this position starting getting this job. But um, so I ended up here at UMass as the campus sustainability manager, it was like the first full time sustainability manager that was hired on the campus uh, back in 2011. So the the timeline for me it was is basically graduated high school in 99, graduated undergrad in 2003, took a couple years, you know, did AmeriCorps and a couple of things like that, Student Conservation Association, which helped pay down my loans a fraction <laughs> of, of what I had borrowed. Um, and, and, um, and also obviously paid very low wages um, and just, but also built up my, my resume and then went back to grad school from 07 to 09 um, moved, uh, again, um, and, and then returned to UMass in this role in 2011. So I've been here now working in this role for a yeah. almost, almost 11 years. And that's, that's a key, that's a key part of this, this right. kind of this story. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because, um, it, because UMass is a public college, right? So that has, that has something to do with it. So, um, you, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. 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 So, um, this, program the public service loan forgiveness waiver um now did this can you kind of explain what this is from uh because it it seemed like you know on on the federal student aid website it says that it's you know limited um and uh you can get credit for payments and that you can do it through october 31st 2022 um mm -hmm. and it, so so you did it and 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 it worked out for you uh, can you kind of tell us a little bit about that, like like what the program is and how 
you kind of were you already like looking into this uh, when the pandemic hit and it expanded, or was it because the pandemic hit and the program expanded that you were able to uh, 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 to to jump into it? So a little bit of both. So I think it's important to to mention that this program, the the PSLF, which is the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, has existed for a long time now. I don't exactly know what the start date was. I, I mentioned. I, I wrote to you prior uh, last week that, you know, there was some mention in um, uh, in an email that I received from my from my union because they're doing a lot of outreach on this program now, too, for to get their staff knowledgeable to t- try to take advantage of this waiver. But that there was some kind of promise from Congress, I think, back in 2007. I don't know if that's the exact time around the time that this program started, the PSLF program. But really, basically, it, my, my story is I've been I've been sort of I've known about the public service loan forgiveness program for a while now, since I really started working at UMass, which 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 is a which is a, a qualified public service uh, uh, provider or um, uh, uh, employer, I should say. And and so, you know, the, the, the federal the government defines these these qualified employers as really any federal state local um tribal government agency um that really is considered a government employer so this also so that counts for you know institutions public institutions of higher ed but it also you know it's also public public elementary and secondary schools right um obviously the u.s military um, uh, like public child and family service agencies, um, you know, special like government um, entities uh, like, but there's also like, you know, the, the public entities like public transportation and utilities and water and housing authorities. All of those are considered a, a, um, a qualified employer under this program. However, when I first found out about the public service loan forgiveness program, I don't know exactly, let's say five to 10 years ago, right? When I was working my first, you know, first few years of working in this, in this role, I knew about the program and I looked into it because I was excited that, Hey, I'm working for one of these, these employers and I have a lot of student loans. I wonder if I can, you know, qualify. I wonder if I can apply to uh, to get my loans forgiven or a portion of my loans forgiven, I quickly discovered that I did not qualify under the the regular PSLF program because and, and why was that? Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. Why was so I discovered after reading all of the fine print that there was only a certain set of loan types of loans that you had to be borrowed from to qualify, and my loans were this FFEL loan. And I don't know, you know, I, maybe a lot of people sort of our age who went through college at the time that we did had these FFEL loans. It stands for Federal Family Education Loan Program. And basically this was a program that it was, it, it's, it's a little, it's a little weird because it, you know, it's sort of like the, the privatization uh, of, of the federal borrowing program where basically it worked with private lenders to provide loans, education loans, but that were guaranteed by the federal government and they had fixed interest rates. That was the key, right? So they weren't straight up private loans, but they used private lenders 
with fixed interest rates. So, so my dad luckily had helped me, you know, as an undergrad and coming out of college to consolidate my loans into this program where, you know, I had basically one or two loans and they were fixed interest rate. Thank God, because we all know, you know, how these private, these private loan programs can, can just be so volatile with interest rates. Um, but it had that fixed interest rate. So it wasn't the end of the world. You know, I was paying whatever it was, a you know, it was like uh, consolidated, you know, it wasn't more, and, and Congress sets that, that interest rate, right? So I think it was like something like, you know, it was really low. I had locked in when I had consolidated really low interest rate of like two to two point something, or um, actually, no, it was five, it, it was five point, sorry, it was 5.25%, I believe it was. Um, so, so I had, I was very frustrated that I did not qualify for this, for this, this program because it felt very arbitrary of, you know, there was only Perkins loans, for example, and some other, like two or three other loan programs that qualified. And I was like, well, if I had known that when I consolidated, I would have consolidated into one of those, those programs that, that, you know, that uh, in anticipation that I might someday work for a public entity. Right. Right. Um, It's almost like, like you shouldn't even have to do that. You shouldn't even have to do that. It should just right. be like every, like, why does it matter? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so, yeah. so it was always, oh, a, it, was, it, was, it was always a frustration I had with this PSLF. And I was always like, just sort of banking on that, you know, all loans would be forgiven. And I think it still should ha- happen, obviously, but like, because I just did not qualify for this program. Then the pandemic hit. And, um, you know, I think like many other, parents with young children, uh, working from home, you know, um, during the pandemic, during lockdowns, we were spending a lot of time, whatever on, on, on our computers, whether it was working at all hours of the night, um, you know, or whatever, doing research, uh, for, you know, just basically my two-year-old has me up at night, you know, I'm basically can't sleep, you know, I don't have to, go into the office at eight o'clock in the morning. Right. Um, so, you know, here I am on online. So I started just, I don't know what, what prompted me to look back into this program. Like, because I think this is another important sort of part of this and gripe that I think a lot of lenders have the, the, the federal government isn't advertising this, right? It's not like as all lend as all borrowers, we're not getting emails saying, Hey, did you know about this program? Which is crazy, Right. Like everyone should be notified that whether you work for a public entity or not, one of these qualified employers or not, like everyone, there should be a a, a concerted effort on the part of the federal government to, 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 to educate people that these programs exist, right? Whether it's the waiver or not. Right. And so I forget what prompted me to start looking back into it, but one night, it was like one in the morning. I went online and I noticed that this federal student aid federal website was up now. And I'd never seen this website before. And they were advert, they were, you know, mentioning this, this waiver. And the waiver is essentially the PSLF program. And it's this temporary waiver that I believe through, you know, I don't exactly even know whether it was through the, the recovery act or through part of the, the, you know, the, the COVID um, response, 
they essentially changed the rules of this PSLF program on a on a limited time basis. And that is, like you mentioned, until the end of October of 2022. And so the program started, the Department of Education announced this change, this waiver on October 6, 2021. So they're basically giving people a year, whether you know about like whether right, whether you know about it or not, a year to apply for this program. Now, when I discovered it, it was sometime, it was dead of winter. It was like February something. I think it was early February, maybe of late January of, of this year. year. Right. It. This year. And I saw the date. And I said, October. Okay. Well, that's doable. And I started looking into, I said, what, what is this waiver all about? Because I've never qualified. I'm, I've always been very frustrated that I haven't qualified. What's this waiver? So basically the waiver is that for a limited time, borrowers that work for one of these qualified employers, which I do at UMass, we can receive credit for past periods of repayment that under the regular PSLF wouldn't have qualified otherwise. So basically what they're now saying is you, even if you didn't qualify for the last 10 years of your employment for this employer, it doesn't matter anymore. If you've been paying if you've been paying off your loans for 10 years or 120 payments, so there's, there's certain baseline requirements here, right? So one is that you have to work for these, one of these qualified employers under the waiver. Two is that you have had to have made 120 payments. So that's 10 years, monthly, 10 years of monthly payments, essentially. And I had, to, I had been doing that. I've been paying my loans steadily, automatic you know, withdrawal, um, for, for many, many more years now, since, you know, since I was out of school and then out of grad school. So 15, you know, 15 to 20 years. And, um, and, and so, and, and so that, that was the big change is in the past, you needed to make those, you had to, you had to have 10 years of repayment. And that was part of that, that I think, I think, uh, promise from Congress, in 2007, that if you've made 10 years of loans, you should have your loans forgiven. But they never, they never, you know, they never actually looked into the fine detail of, okay, well, it's only for certain loan, only for certain loan programs, right? Which was my gripe. Now, it doesn't matter what loans you've been paying off, which types of loan you're paying off for 10 years, as long as you've been paying 10 years, you, all of those loan payments now qualify retroactively for a limited time, as long as you apply and show that you've made those payments for 10 years, it doesn't matter what program you've paid. Now, the third, the third requirement is that before you apply, you have to consolidate your loans to the direct loan federal lending program. So in order for you to apply for this waiver, for your past loans of any type to be forgiven, you have to consolidate what you have left, your outstanding balance from whatever program you're in. For me, it was the FFEL type into this direct loan program. And that was a little scary for me because I've been paying whatever it was, Navient, right? Um, uh, one of the big, big ones, right? That we all, we've, we've heard Navient in the news about, you know, all the the sketchy stuff they're up to. Um, they're actually, I believe, lose it. They've lost their their federal contract 
to, to be a, a lender. Um, and it just keeps moving to different different corporations and um, shady corporations. So as Navian, I've been paying Navian, you know, with a, a fixed rate for years. And I was like, okay, this is a little weird. Now I'm going to be paying the federal government directly. My loans are going to be moving to a different website. I mean, just moving your loans to a different website is a bit, you know, nerve wracking, right? You're so used to going in and, you know, with your password and, and, and checking your balance, right? Um, you're used to your, your reminder emails coming from that one company, right? You're used to making sure that, that your, that your interest rate never, never changes. Right. So my first question was like, okay, uh, let's say I, I, I consolidate into this direct loan program and I'm not forgiven. D- d- are my interest rates now changing? And so that was the first question. And my, the, the answer to that is no, the, the, the interest rates are stay exactly the same. So that was reassuring for me, you know? Um, so, so that, that was the three things that, you know, two out of the three I had done, right. I, I, I had checked off. I, I had made 120 payments. I worked for this employer for over 10 years, but I hadn't yet consolidated. So this was February. I, the first thing I did was I took that step to consolidate my loans into this direct loan program. And, and so that took, um, I think about a month, I think about four or five weeks. I finally heard back saying, you know, you're now in the, the direct loan program, your balance of your two consolidated loans have been moved. Um, and that was even a little rocky, right? Like Navient was still sending me bills and I was like, uh, I don't think I should be paying these. Right. And so I had to yeah, call. That's, that's, that sounds about right. And probably yeah, have to like yeah. figure that out on the fly. Um, so Having gone through all this, you said it took like about a month for this to happen. And I know that, um, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in, in a couple of minutes, but uh, you, you had mentioned to me that they were pretty backed up, that they are pretty backed up right now and things are moving pretty slowly. Was that like an example of how things were moving slowly even then? Uh, like, do you think that it should have been quicker uh, or, or was this just kind of like, you know, uh, it, it just another situation where... Um, just the way that the, that the government kind of moves kind of slowly on, on this stuff sometimes. I, I think this is like a perfect microcosm or example of just the labor shortage we have in this country, right? So I consolidated and then I applied for the, for the waiver. And that by then that was, I think, um, we were like early March. I waited f- three months to get any kind of email or notification saying that my application was under review or any kind of notification from the federal government about the status of my PSLF waiver um, uh, application. So, you know, I, I spent a lot of time sitting on the phone waiting for someone to get a person. Um, and I did get, I did get people, I actually had some people surprisingly sort of open up to me of like, what was going on behind the scenes there, right? So I think one was the, is just the volume of applications they've received. It's in the millions and millions. I don't know exactly, obviously what that number is. I mean, maybe there's, that's online somewhere. Um, And, and then there's the labor shortage, right? I mean, you could imagine how bureaucratic it must be to get people into these positions to do the review of these applications and also train them to review it correctly. And that's, I think, one part of my experience was ran up against that as well. So 
the second, or no, it was actually the first correspondence I received four months later after my application was a electronic notification in my account saying, we've reviewed your application and you have missing information on your application and you have to resubmit. And I looked at the fine print and there was two pieces of information that they wanted. There was my employer's phone number and the date of employee termination, meaning when did I stop working for this employer, which is an NA for me. I'm still working for that employer. And there happens to be a checkbox that says still employed, check. They disregarded that there's that checkbox even existed and didn't look at it. And the employer phone number was provided. So two pieces of missing information, according to them, were actually provided on my application. And I had to go, I had to get back on the phone and say, what are you talking about? And uh, basically say, you're wrong. And all of the information's there. And, you know, stay very, you know, uh, calm and collected um, and, and, and go th- and finally get someone to say, okay, yeah, sorry, we're going to review it, put me on hold and look at it and say, we're going to re-review it. We're going to put it back into, you know, the, whatever, the pool of, of, of applications. And, and then my first question was, well, how long is that going to take now? Right. Since you, yeah, it's just, you, it's just you, like, they just, it seems like they just kept on like throwing up, like, like, one hurdle after another, like, like not even like ones that were uh, necessarily trying to like stop it from happening, but more like, Oh, now we have to wait for this to happen. Now we have to wait for that to happen. Now we have to wait for this to happen. Um, and right. that, I mean, and, that must've been pretty stressful, right? Like, like, while yeah, it, was, this to happen. it was stressful. And um, you know, the, the most pessimistic, you know, I think view that you could, one could take going through this process would be, you know, just to say the federal government is basically just looking for any excuse not to forgive these loans, right? Like, hey, just, just say that they don't have information on their application and just throw it away. And I don't necessarily, I mean, maybe that there's, there's that element, but there's also, I think it's, I literally had someone tell me like a, a person tell me like, we, we had like, people are quitting. There's not enough people to review. They're not getting the training they need. There's certain people with access to certain levels of information, and there's certain people that aren't. In my office, there's a ton of people that can't do the the high level of review for the the, the waiver, but they can do the review for just the typical PSLF. And 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 the and the, the interesting thing there. So then, so this next gets me to the next the next correspondence. So so I I proved them. You know, I, I told them all my information was there, and then I waited another month or so. So now we're in like. Like, like this is like late May or early June, right? Um, and I get another correspondence that says, we've reviewed your application again, and you are not qualified because you have only, you know, two payments under that are qualified under this payment, under this, under this program. And basically what happens is when you consolidate before you apply, your 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 number of payments automatically returns to zero, and then any payments you make after oh, consolidation, right? Okay. Yeah. So so my so the table that they put into my application review said two. You have two payments that that qualify, and I said oh, okay. So now I have to call them again and say what's going on here. So that's more time on the phone that I spent. And basically I got to the, the, what they were telling me and I just had to put faith in this. 
was that there's essentially two levels of review. They're going to review your 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 criteria, your um, uh, under the regular PSLF program, but then someone else is going to come along, and say, and then do the review under the waiver, right? And they're, then they're going to say they're going to look at your payments that you've made since consolidation, and then they're going to look at the payments you made before consolidation that that now are eligible. And I my first question was obviously like, why aren't you just doing that review all at once? <laughs> it's like, right? Um, but they they weren't for some reason. I think there's some people that had clearance to do the waiver review and some people that weren't. I don't know what's going on exactly, but that's what they're telling me. And I said, okay, how long now do I have to wait? And they obviously couldn't give me an answer because they never give you an answer. And I honestly think they just don't know how long it's going to take. And then the day came and, you know, I had sort of lost a little bit of faith at this point, right? It was six months and uh, a few weeks ago, I got I got the email um, on a Saturday morning that um, that I had another electronic correspondence in my inbox, and it said, "Congratulations, um, you, we've reviewed your 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 waiver application, um, and uh, you qualify, and your your balance is now zero. And that was a that was that was a a, a great moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that must have been really relieving um so i guess i have a couple questions uh just to ask you about this like so thanks thanks for thanks for sharing the story because i think it's important uh you know when we talk about this stuff to like walk through all of these unnecessary bureaucratic steps that that can exist um in programs like this for like no reason um you know i'm not saying that there's never that, that, that there's never a reason for like some bureaucracy but in this case you know like it, it really seems that uh, that, that there is no necessity of this and it's really just kind of hurting people. Um, you know, after, after you had to kind of walk through this process and go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, um, it, it, like how long would you say it kind of took you because you had to do a lot of work here, right? Like, like they would tell you like, okay, well, like, like you were saying with the, um, with the consolidation payment, Right. Well, like, like they told you that you, that you didn't have enough. So then you obviously had to go and figure that out and then go back to them, right? Like they didn't just figure that out and come back to you and say, oh, no, we were wrong about that. Yeah. I mean, those I, I mentioned those multiple points where in time where I got notifications saying, you know, what what I think what they were saying one one time for sure. They were saying, like, you don't qualify. Right. You're missing information like you have to do this over again. And then the second time them saying you don't qualify, but, you know, it was very unclear whether or not there was this other round of review that was still pending. They didn't the way that they word it, these these electronic notifications, it's, it's very unclear. Like you, you you read the whole thing and then it's like it's like this government speak and it's like, OK, I'm just going to call them. Right. So there was just hours and hours on the phone. And one of the most frustrating parts of that was I would call this number. And I would get someone, usually a very nice person, um, who are patient and would hear me out. But I would always get to a point where I would realize that they're actually not the right person I needed to talk to. And there was this other department for the PSLF program. So there's this number that's advertised that they say, like, call for, for anything related to loans. But then 
that person's going to tell you, oh, if you're PSLF, like there's this other number. And then there's another 20 to 30 minute wait. At one point, this one woman was like, yeah, I mean, like if you really want to get someone for the PSLF team to talk about your application on the phone, you got to like pick up, you got to get, you got to call at like 8.59 in the morning on a weekday before it starts backing up. Because there's so many other people doing exactly what I'm doing of calling, asking what the status is of their application, probably, you know, challenging reviews that say that they're not qualified, whether it be a mistake like they made or not understanding the process. Also, like I didn't understand that there was these two rounds of of review. And so there's just so many people, you know, also summertime, you know, I, I, I assume that there's a lot of public school teachers, right? That are my age, that went to school, that went to grad school to get certified to teach that are eligible for this program that are teaching in public schools, um, that are, that spent probably a majority of this summer on the phone trying to figure out if their loans are being forgiven through this waiver program. I'd imagine that there is, I imagine it's a lot of, of school teachers. Um, right. And of course now they have the time off. So, right. They have a time yeah. off. It's summertime, right. They, they drop their kids off at camp and or whatever, or wherever and daycare and get on the phone for, for an hour with, with the federal government. Yay. Um, but that's, I think what people are doing and it's just backed up. Yeah. You, uh, so I see on, on the, on the website and, and as you told me that, uh, the, the program, uh, like, like the deadline to apply for this is, uh, Halloween, right? It's, it's October 31st. Um, and with what you're talking about, like, like just how long all this stuff is taking and, um, you, do you think people should be worried that uh, if they apply on October 31st and they have to go through these clusterfucks that they might end up losing like their spot in line or their opportunity to, to take advantage of this expanded waiver that this is, of course, I, you know, I also want to add for, for the audience here, like this is assuming that um, the, the waiver isn't extended again. Uh, like I said, at the top of the show, I mean like, like uh, the, the politics around this stuff are really, Change, are changing pretty quickly, uh, so it could be extended for longer. But but let's let's take right. them at their word and say it's, it's going to be October thirty first. So if it's October thirty first, uh, you know, do, does that mean that people are going to you know run into more problems uh, as, as we're going forward? And, and I mean, just kind of going from your experience, it sounds like maybe, but I, I I'm unclear. So the language has been very clear on the website that as long as you apply by that date, you're going to be you know, you're going to be considered under the waiver, right? I think my biggest concern for everyone moving forward is there's two things going on here, right? There's, there's this program that's not eligible for everyone. And then there's this, there's the whole population of student loan borrowers that are bracing themselves for that day that the administration, the president doesn't continue the forbearance period, right? Which has been, has been every, whatever it's been, you know, he's, he's been extending that date, um, for, 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 for a while now, but it's been like, we're, we've all been every time it comes up, every time the, the, that date comes up and it gets, 
you know, extended, uh, people are like holding their breath if that's going to happen. And luckily it's, it's happened, but it could, it could, it could expire. People, people's loans might have to start going back into repayment before this, this loan forgiveness program date. And then people aren't going to know what to do. Right. So like if you applied for this program and you're waiting to hear back from it, but now you're being told you have to make payments, what do you do? Right. Because maybe you don't make a payment and maybe that like counts against you. You get dinged for that or something. Right. You get dinged from that from your, from your, from the lender. And, and so then now you're not in good standing or whatever. And you're dealing with that on the side of also waiting to hear from this program. You know, it, it's it's very that could be a, a um a very frustrating process for a lot of people. So hopefully, you know, because um, what's interesting is that this this waiver isn't being discussed at all, like in in like the national spotlight. When whenever the the issue of the 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 at large student loan forgiveness comes up, or and even the the deadline for extending the repayment comes up like this never comes up. Right. But for so many people, I imagine for millions of people there that may qualify for this, there's this extra layer of like, of, of, of concern here, you know, as you're waiting for this. So like, I think think that that's an important uh, point that you're making there as because um, and, and you, you know, uh, there was somebody in the chat earlier uh, kind of talking about how, uh, you know, like the whole thing's a scam and this thing is means tested and uh, we need to just cancel all student debt. And and look, like um, all of that, in, in my opinion, all of that is true. Right. Uh, like 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 we're, I, I, I don't think that the like the intention here is not to say like. This program exists, and uh, by virtue of it existing, student loans are good, right? It's, like that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that this is a specific program that can benefit a specific group of people, and who may not know about it. And so that's why it's important uh, to get this in- information out there, because as you're saying, like, uh, yeah, like like it is a, it is a very narrowly uh, targeted group, right? But it is still a group of people uh, who, in the millions who would be able to benefit from this program. And the fact that it's just not being covered, not being advertised. I mean, like, look, like I write about uh, student loans uh, as, as well as other, uh, other aspects of politics um, for a living. And I didn't even know about this. Like, I didn't right. even know about this program. Uh, so because it's just has like not been in the news, it just hasn't been talked about. Um, it's, you know, it's also like not uh, completely in my wheelhouse that like this specific program, but like, but still like, uh, it, this stuff should have been already out there. And the fact that it wasn't um, is, is, is a little, you know, just, just a little, uh, I guess kind of par for the course in some ways, but it's, but it's, it's pretty disappointing. So um, I, I, I want to say that I do want to uh, just open up with the last 20 minutes here. If people have any questions or comments that they want to call in with, um, I will say that, uh, you know, obviously uh, Ezra works for a, uh, public institutions. So um, uh, while we can certainly discuss the politics around it, um, I'd be kind of wary of, of putting him into a position where where he, you know, I don't think he's going to endorse anything that's, that's going to be, uh, I, I don't want to speak for you here, Ezzy, but I kind of, I, I got that impression. I think we have Gary here. 
Let's take Gary. Gary, how's yeah, it I just, going? I mean, I'm I'm not representing UMass on this call at all. Right, I'm just representing right. myself representing, as a student, yeah. as a student loan borrower. There, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And 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 again, also, uh, not financial uh, advice. Gary, if you want to join us, you're all set. You can go ahead. Okay. So yeah, I've I've applied for this waiver and gone. I've jumped through a bunch of hoops, and <clears throat> I just wanted to point out something from my experience like um i the fe- the the loan servicer that i had was fed loan and i'm i was in an income driven repayment program and like i was supposed to be offered like payments as low as zero dollars like if i could not afford them and it's like 10 percent of my income and there were several times where i took deferments and like I should have been offered zero dollar payments that would have counted toward the public service loan forgiveness program, but I was never actually offered them. So like my my payments got shifted to Mohilo after I consolidated them and they told me I was correct in that information that I should have been offered zero payment or zero dollar payments. Um, so they said they're going to review that for me and you know I'm very hopeful that all of those deferment months will be counted as actual payments and I'll be just that much closer to actual forgiveness. <clears throat> so I just wanted to, I just wanted to share that for people that might be in that same situation that, you know, even though you may have been taking deferments, they might still be able to count. So I just wanted to point that out. Great. Great. Uh, yeah. Thanks, great. Thanks great. That, uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that Gary. Oops. Oops. And I'm going to hang up now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's, that's another good point. I mean, like deferments, um, income-based repayment plans. To jump through there, um, look like they don't like they don't make it easy. I think that that's certainly uh, something that 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 we've been hearing here. Um, uh, As he did, you did you have to do that at any point, uh, or or uh, like did you have to deal with that? Yeah. So first of all, good luck, Gary. Um, uh, I, I hope the best for for you, and that they count those those periods of, of forbearance. For him, him and I seem to have a bit of a difference in that he already was using Fed loan servicing. I had to consolidate into Fed loan servicing, so it's also not clear as to why they told him to consolidate out of Fed loan because that's the provider, the federal provider that you're supposed to consolidate into before you apply. Um, so that's the difference between him and I. And the, the one thing I didn't mention, and this is also another crazy sort of predatory thing in terms of the private loaners, uh, lenders, um, is, uh, is, is when I was paying my loans before consolidation and applying to this waiver, uh, I was borrowing from Navient. And not once did I did I receive something about the national um, discontinuation of you know of forget forbearance uh, that was happening under COVID. So I had been paying, not knowing that I didn't have to make those payments uh, during the pandemic. I was paying Navient just regularly, you know, just paying my my student loans. Luckily, I could, and I didn't lose my job. Um, uh, you know, I I I, I had to. You know, I was, I was, I had to take a couple of weeks off, um, but I was one of the lucky ones that didn't lose my job and I was able to continue make, making those loan payments. Now, the second 
I consolidated into the federal, the, the, my Fed loans. Um, uh, my loans automatically went into that, that, that forbearance period, the, 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 the national you know, forbearance that everyone was under, under the, the federal government. So it's another crazy thing that like, why, why weren't all even private lender lenders discontinuing those payments, um, under, 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 um, during, during the, 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 pen, the pandemic. So, yeah. um, that was crazy because I didn't even know that really that was going on. I had sort of heard it, but I didn't put two and two together and realize, Oh, like I, I don't have to be making those, these payments right now. Because between my wife and I, it was essentially another mortgage that we had, that we had been paying for years. Um, and so, um, yeah, it was just, you know, crazy that 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 they that Navient wasn't like, oh, hey, you know, the president said you don't have to pay these. So we're we're putting everyone on on everyone's payments on hold. They just they let us keep paying. Um, so but I think Gary's situation, and my situation, there are key differences there where we consolidate into different programs. So I, I, I can't speak to what might happen to his situation. Cause I, it's, it's a whole new game, a whole new area for me to consider. I don't even know what, what that lender was that he mentioned. And I don't know why they told him to, 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 um, to move to that lender. Um, I do know that they did say like, when you consolidate, make sure you choose an income driven plan. But then I also had a guy on the, from the, my fed loans, like the fed loan servicing, on the phone, tell me it really doesn't matter. Like just choose the regular payment program. It doesn't matter, you know, it, in order to be eligible for the waiver, like just, 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 yeah, just choose the whatever program. So. Got it. You know, I, Lauren, go ahead. Hey, Owen, can you hear me? Yep. Got you. You're all, all set. Right. So I'm going to say, I'm going to make one point. Um, so <laughs> I am a public school teacher. Um, I have a master's degree and I am one of those lucky folks who does not have any debt um, through a a whole bunch of of circumstances that I had nothing to do with. It had nothing to do with my character or hard work or anything. Um, I went to community college. I went to state school. I was old enough to be considered independent by the federal government and I was making about $10,000 a year working part time. So I had Pell Grants, and in New York State, they have um, a program called TAP, the Tuition Assistance Program. So between that and, you know, not living on campus, living at home, I finished undergrad with no debt. Um, I borrowed $20,000 for my master's degree and then um, lucked into an unexpected inheritance, which wiped out my debt. Um, so I can't imagine, you know, jumping through all the hoops, um, just trying to navigate what seems like just an unthinkable clusterfuck that, you know, Ezra and so many other people go through. Um, so I'm just, I'm calling in as a person without debt, you know, telling other people who don't have debt to not be shitty about it. You know, we we didn't you know, you might have done it through hard work. I'm willing to entertain that as an outside possibility. But, you know, just because you, you know, you don't have to deal with it doesn't mean that other people do need to suffer. Um, You know, I I have no idea what that experience is like. But Ezra, man, that sounds rough. And uh, I'm glad that you you made it through. But honestly, you know, but. 
nobody it, should it, have to deal with that. Definitely, definitely. And, and, and thank you for that. Um, uh, you know, but I think that, I mean, at least as, as a story does have a happy ending, right? So he, he, he was, he was able to get through it. Um, as, so I think that we'll probably just end it there. Um, Ezra, thanks so much for coming on. Can you just kind of give everybody just like an overview of, of, of where they can go to get this program and, um, uh, and, and, and to get the, uh, uh, to, to, to kind of like, you know, uh, get the ball rolling for them? Yeah. Um, it's studentaid.gov. Um, and I mean, you can just Google studentaid.gov PSLF or studentaid PSLF. And, you know, there's even a, a help tool, uh, that tells you if you're, you know, if you work for a qualified employer or not, um, that, you know, you can put your, whatever the information in and it'll tell you if you're, if you're, if your employer's qualified under the program, that's that's the first step, and then sort of you go from there uh, to to consolidation if you have to, and then to the application. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I hope I hope you know if, if one person um, you know heard this and and you know thought thinks maybe they're eligible, um, uh, and they 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 apply and they they get their loans forgiven, then I think this is, this is a, a, a win. Um, hopefully, you know, like people are saying in the, in the comments, you know, hopefully it's a moot point and sometime soon, you know, all student loan gets forgiven. Um, but, um, you know, and until then, um, you know, if, uh, if you have the time and, and, you know, patience to, and you, you think you might qualify, I think it's worth, worth looking into absolutely all right well thanks so much ezra and thanks everybody else uh for joining thanks to gary and lauren uh for calling in and thanks to everybody for listening just a little uh the usual cleanup uh if you are listening live or on the app please be sure to follow and subscribe if you're listening on replay on spotify itunes or google podcasts uh be sure to do uh whatever they call uh follow and subscribe on those platforms Thanks so much, guys. Uh, We'll be back later on in the week. I don't know what we're going to cover yet, but it'll be good. And so we'll talk to you then. All right.